0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hello and Ado. My name is John. No, it's not. It's Mathis.
1: Hey, John.
0: <laughs> Should we start
1: over? No. Season's greeting to John. I am Mathis, and we talked about a lot <laughs> of things. That's a lie. Things.
0: Guys, that's a lie. We, I think My they name know. is Mathis.
1: Yes, and I'm John. They get it.
0: Okay. Anyways, okay. John, what did we talk about in this episode?
1: Okay, guys, so since I've been back from Spain... I saw Star Trek and me and Mathis, we Bam. dissected Star Trek and it was amazing and it was a really awesome discussion. We hope you guys get into it. We then talked about different Comic Con trailers, things we're getting excited for, talked about, you know, just the movies that have been released this year. Um, we talked about this That's really right, interesting Yes, we did. We talked about this very interesting article um, and kind of an ethical debate on whether or not Apple should be able to use this new um technology they've um created that can keep people from using their camera phones at concerts. And so we talked yeah. about that and that's a really interesting conversation. Then we kind of end the episode with um a conversation about how God is mostly a projection of ourselves, how God is very individual to the person and that um you know God is essentially who we want him to be yeah right yeah yeah it, it's really good i mean we hope you guys enjoy you can oh i was gonna do the end but that's math job <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for stopping by guys i hope that you enjoy this episode um you can email us any topics or questions that you know you want us to discuss on the show we'd be happy to jump into them you can email us at hello and do at gmail.com that's h-e-l-l-o-a-n-d-a-d-i-e-u a-D-I-E-U it's important to pronunciate your words yes. at gmail.com and you can also tweet at us and you can follow us on Twitter and you can see cool things um, and our handle is at hello and to do. and you can rate subscribe review us on iTunes that'll help other people find the show uh, I'll say it again thanks for stopping by I hope you enjoyed the episode
1: enjoy Hello, Mathis, oh, I almost said your last name, (laughs) should I say your last name?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think everybody knows it, but it just kind of sounded like... I was going to say your
1: social security number afterwards. Yeah,
0: exactly, (laughs) email address, phone number, housing, yeah.
1: All of the above, Facebook address, what? Hi.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm okay, how are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm well, Uh, welcome back to America.
1: America... It's so great to be back. <laughs> 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 I've missed you America. So you just in time for more political things.
0: Oh yeah, it's honestly I think we're just getting into the heart of it, you know? Like I think We now sure are. It's
1: countdown 100 days I think it is.
0: Oh, until the election?
1: Election. Yeah. 100 days. Scary? Yeah. It's well, give or take a few days, but it's it's yeah. we're at that 100.
0: I can't wait for these debates, honestly. Like, I don't like either of these candidates, but this these debates are gonna be be,
1: a shit show.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be another level of just insaneness. And I, I think I'm gonna have to turn
1: it off. Like, I think I'm just gonna be too annoyed because I think they're just gonna bicker and they're gonna put each other down. And really, I want them to just talk about the issues, and I know they won't. So I'm probably.
0: Well, it's impossible not to because they're both such corrupt individuals. So it's gonna just be like. Oh. What what are you insulting what are you insulting me of? Yeah, uh I'm insulting you of that too because you did that. Oh, oh you're going to insult you me of this. that? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to insult you of that.
1: I hope someone throws water on someone. <laughs> That's all I want. That would be so is funny. It's for someone to like take a water and be like,
0: yeah. Trump just, like, opens a water bottle and starts, like, spritzing Hillary with it. And then Hillary picks oh up a brick gosh. and just, like, tosses it, and yeah. <laughs> tosses it at his head. Oh, uh,
1: my gosh. I mean, at this I'm point. I'm with her. <laughs>
0: everyone's throwing bricks. I'm with her. I'm with
1: her. Oh, my gosh. I feel like this is going to make such a great Oscar movie one day. One day. Not for, like, a few decades, I think. When it everyone's could be, finally like, the next it. Frost Nixon. I don't. It's it's just going to be something it's it's such a like a spectacle
0: i think what will really determine whether it becomes a movie is what happens after either of them is elected you know like do things kind of stay the same or just like some sort of radical something or other happen because if like big things happen to the country beyond the election itself
1: good or bad it
0: will yeah exactly good or bad it will have a movie made about it you know Right. It's, it's so
1: funny. Yeah, it's and not funny only, in a not funny way. Like I'm terrified.
0: I mean, regardless of what happens, I'm just going to keep laughing. I'm just going to keep laughing until See, we get there.
1: I cannot laugh about some of the outcomes. I just can't. I can't laugh <laughs> about it. And I don't think I'll ever be able to laugh about it.
0: That's fine. So, we'll just keep doing this podcast and then we'll tune in or we'll call each other up and you'll just hear me laughing and maybe you'll get And the, I'll uh, be s- Crying. You'll get the contagious giggles.
1: <gasps> Yay. Then I then love giggle. contagious giggles.
0: <laughs> you can giggle with those tears that you were talking about. Oh, like, okay. This is so That's bad. That's a good combo.
1: <laughs> I love it. Drink my tears. Ew. It's a thing, okay?
0: Do you regularly drink your tears?
1: Maybe. I don't want to talk about it. You should brew them um, so
0: that they s- taste really uh, flavorful. Salty? No. Oh, Tears like gotta, are salty. You just like rub tea bags on your face as the tears like stream down your face and let them fall into your mouth and be like, Mmm. That
1: sounds delicious, first of all.
0: Doesn't it? A little bit. That's the weirdest A thing I've bit. said like all week, but I'm like, that wouldn't be. But the like, worse. I'm feeling it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. I'm going to have to think of which tea I would put on my eyes. But yeah. while I'm thinking of it, I saw two movies since I've been back.
0: Yeah. You need to stop. First and Stranger I've only things, been back two and days. Now, yeah, you haven't even been back like forty-eight <laughs> hours, and you're just like.
1: But I made a mental plan that I had to catch the... up because you kept seeing all these movies and well, I course. couldn't you see think any I'm just of them. Stop! Like, what? What did you? No, think? I don't. But I'll, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm catching up because yeah. it's mustard. Thank you, everyone. I'll Ladies wait for the applause.
0: You can always the... expect John Thank to make you. the catch-up and mustard joke.
1: Thank you, everyone. He's can "Call me Dad. It's a Dad
0: mustard." About, I'd say you say that probably a hundred times a year. At least. I would At say. At least a hundred times a year. Yeah. I would
1: say probably 88% of the time that someone says something about catching up, I say the joke. If not out loud, I definitely say it to myself a hundred percent of the time. And then you go- you so giggle like. I definitely, mm-hmm. I do. And I, I gauge <laughs> the situation. If it's not, if I'm like uh, in like a meeting, I don't say it, but right. I definitely like.
0: Mm-hmm. You should just whisper it to whoever's next to you. Like. Oh, this mustard,
1: <laughs> and then they're like what <laughs> exactly anyways so i saw ghostbusters today which you already talked about so we don't really have to talk about it i did I, really like it i thought it was fun
0: it was good right yeah favorite um, ghostbuster
1: um oh that's a tough one wasn't it amazing? i like them all individually for different reasons i wouldn't say i like one over the others and honestly the kate mckinnon character i like her and if i think about it too much i won't like her right because she, I get that that's and I tried so hard not to think about it and I really did like her but she I'm worried for her as an actress like if she really wants to continue on as an actress she's gonna be like put in this category of weird quirky well Kate McKinnon character I, I, that's, that's all I'm worried about for her it works for this movie though
0: yeah no totally I I totally see where you're coming from with the whole if I think about that character too much it is like uh but also uh Thinking about her career in the long run, that's what Kristen Wiig was in a lot of movies. That's true. And Kristen Wiig, like Kate McKinnon, is probably going to need a, a bridesmaids if she wants to She'll, jump outside yeah. of that stuff. Because that movie really transformed Kristen Wiig's career to be more than just an SNL character. You know, to be like a very well-written, well-rounded character. But maybe well, maybe and, it doesn't happen. And,
1: and maybe I she doesn't want tell. that. I mean, maybe exactly. she just wants to be kind of this yeah. sketch type of actress which she's great for so yeah you do you Kate McKinnon she is a very sketch Um,
0: comedy character in Ghostbusters she
1: is and then I saw Star Trek which did you say that you saw it I think you did on last week's podcast
0: Mm, maybe you knew I saw it I meant to think I said yes I saw it okay um I'll just start off the discussion about Star Trek I yeah. The one thing that I really do applaud it for that I thought was going to be the biggest problem of it was that it was going to feel so different from the other two, and it really doesn't feel that far from the other two.
1: Oh really? I thought it did. Oh really? But in a good way. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they weren't you know on a ship, you know there it was a different environment. Right. And what I did like about it is it felt more of like an ensemble. And I know that Star it Trek did. is an ensemble. It but did, in the movies, yeah. it doesn't feel like that. It's very, one, not one-sided, but it's very weighted towards a few characters. And this time, they really put a lot of weight into a lot of different characters, like six or seven even. Well, um, And I think it worked. I,
0: I was talking with my friend about it uh, yesterday, actually, because we saw it together. And I was like, honestly or both of us were saying this. Honestly, they could have pushed the character stuff just a whole lot harder. Like I could have used a good I could have used even more with those characters. And I think the problem with a lot of blockbuster films nowadays is that they rely on the visual effects to like yeah. to really keep the audience engaged and I think like really amazing character moments, especially with characters like the the Star Trek you know, USS Enterprise crew, that is such a great crew of uh, characters. They can build yeah, up a scene. You don't have to, like, have somebody run in with a blaster and just blow up a whole ship, and you don't have to have, like, these huge space battles, and you can, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like a dated request because it's just, like, where we're at right now, but I definitely liked the, I like, the characters so much that i think that they could have held up and it would have made it a better movie like if you just used a lot more character time but i mean this movie was very focused on being an action movie you know like it was it was very focused on the adventure of it it wasn't as emotional it wasn't as plotty it wasn't as like heady Mm. it was just all right how are they gonna get themselves out of this pickle
1: and all in all, I think it's going to be a very forgettable movie. I mean, honestly, I, I already forgot about the villain. Like, the Idris Elba character, yeah. like, I, like, had to actually think, like, who was the villain in this? Because it, yeah, it th- it's forgettable. very forgettable. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I think it's one of those movies where, like, it didn't need to happen, but it happened, and it was fine. And they're already yeah. making a fourth one. They announced they're making a fourth one.
0: I did not know that. Interesting. And
1: course. they said that Chris Hemsworth is going to be in it.
0: That's right. I did know that because I knew so, that Chris Hemsworth was going to be in it.
1: Get ready for more time travelly, timey wimey stuff.
0: Even, um, even if the plot wasn't like my favorite, the cast is so seamless. Like you forget to compliment them because it just. When they made that first movie, they casted it perfectly. Like it's felt so, it's felt so unified and perfect since the beginning, and definitely. And they haven't even had, like, the ensemble feel, like you were saying. And it still feels like, I mean, they feel really glued together. It feels like they're not acting. They're all just hanging out on the ship. Yeah, I mean, Edris Elba was very forgettable. I, I, I don't think any of the the villains in this new Star Trek franchise have been, like, really noteworthy, though.
1: No, you're right. Um They've even, all been pretty much the same.
0: Even Benedict Cumberbatch was, like, hamming it up. Like, he was playing it so hardcore, and it just doesn't work because he wasn't a great And I villain.
1: feel like, and the only reason we remember him is because he's Benedict Cumberbatch. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not Eric Bana. Like, Eric Bana, he's well-known, but he's not as recognizable as a Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. And Idris Elba had a lot of prosthetics on, so you're not going to recognize him.
0: I don't even think when I watched the first one the first time I was like, "Oh, Eric Bana." I think I was just like, "Ooh, that's the mean guy," you know? Yeah. Like, Here comes they the do mean do really guy. well
1: with um, the practical makeup effects, which I really do appreciate. And wow, it's hard to funny. tell which one. Oh, that's that's funny what because
0: is? I thought the same thing. Where I I oh. came out of the movie and I was like, I'm just glad that there's a movie that comes out at least once a year right now where we see really intense, impressive, practical makeup on people because it it looked great. And the new character it the really girl, did.
1: Yes. You know? I was just going to talk about her. She looked amazing. I actually. Yeah. And I actually really liked her character. Like if you looked at her character, it actually had a lot of depth. I was just assessing as her as throughout the have. whole movie. Yeah. But like in a sense of like, she wore like the emotions she wore that character really, really well. Yeah. In a sense where like she put on this warrior vibe, you could just tell by her yeah. posture and her emotions you know you could tell she had been by herself for a very long time and she had to put up these walls as you know this strong warrior but in a sense she's really just needed that you know those that companionship and clearly i assessed that way too much but i i thought she did amazing yeah um i thought she it was, was nice too. to see cuz she was in kings she was in kingsman did you see kingsman she was yeah she was the girl with the um the no legs
0: that's her
1: yeah. No. Isn't that cool? Wow. That is
0: crazy. I hope I'm
1: saying that right. I'm 98% sure. I'm going to check it real quick while we talk.
0: Okay. Oh, I wanted to ask you, who is your uh, favorite crew member from Star Trek?
1: Um, My favorite crew member. Um, I feel like it's weighted very heavily on Anton because, you know, he died. So, But I, I do love um, Chekhov and who else? I like Spock a lot. I like his Spock um, is
0: really good in this new series.
1: I just love, it, yeah, it's definitely her. Um, cool. Just in case anyone is wondering, and her name was Jayla. Jayla. In the that's movie. right. I just I like the character of Spock. I like the kind of too smart for his own good type of thing, where they like exactly. talk and they don't get social situations, and they kind of just say things how they are. It's kind of like um, Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy, where like exactly. they can't like yeah. they can't m- think metaphorically. They're very straightforward, very concrete. And I don't know. I think it's, I think if it's done well, it's actually really good. And yeah. with Spock it is.
0: The, well, the thing is, is that um, emotional and mental dilemmas are very engaging. Like, yeah. so you, you know, you have Chekhov, you have Sulu, you have bones, but none of them have like huge dilemmas. Oh,
1: bones. I really like bones.
0: Right. I like, I like all of them a lot. What sets Spock apart a lot is that he does have that dilemma. And and I like Kirk a lot in this movie too because he starts mm-hmm. experiencing some of some emotional dilemma that I think makes sense and I'm like yeah this is interesting
1: you're right there is more depth to these characters in this movie than I would say the other ones emotional wise
0: I think that at least with Kirk and with Spock they're they're really put in a place where they have to think about their own lives in this movie and they don't like it makes sense that they don't in the second or the first one you know because it is like there's sort of like this retrospective moment for both of them in this movie and and obviously you wouldn't have that at the beginning of their adventures the emotional the emotional dilemmas are really high because of that retrospective nature
1: how did real quick how did you feel about the cinematography
0: that was another thing where i was like this is really close to abrams like they took it into their own hands but they i felt like they still did a lot of um abrams stuff I think it was pretty it was pretty cookie cutter for an action movie. I was like, "Okay, this is this is fun, like it doesn't really draw attention to itself." I was really happy that there weren't lens flares in it. I was just Yeah. There, there's a flare in like the second shot in the movie, I think, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot how many flares are in this series," which is really funny because I don't think there was a single flare after I saw that flare, but yeah, I, I, don't I thought they were any. all going to be there. One of my one of my bigger complaints with the movie is that a lot of the plot just sort of like brushes by details and then i'm like okay yeah. that doesn't make sense but everyone i asked after the movie thought the same thing they were like yeah there's so many things in that it doesn't make sense and to anybody listening who's wondering if they should watch the movie if if you do watch the movie you will have fun but you really can't think about this plot in a very like sophisticated you can't think about anything manner. too much pretty yeah. much <laughs> yeah exactly you can't really think about anything too much it's it's something you can have fun with, though, for sure. You can have oh, yeah. fun with it if you want to. Oh, and yeah. And even, and what I tell people whenever they, you know, some people ask, like, did you see Star Trek Beyond? I'm like, I did. And they're like, what do you think of it? And I'm like, I thought it was okay. You know, it was, like, fun. But I also say it's not my series. Like, it's not totally for yeah. me. So it's kind of hard to, um, to uh, critique it to people who are really into Star Trek. Like, I have a coworker who saw it yesterday and he's a Trekkie like he's seen all of the original series he's really into the world of it um, and he dug it a lot and he was bringing up details oh. that I was like yeah I did not catch that I'm
1: sure there's a lot of layers to it that both of us not being Trekkie fans we don't understand but I think that they have to take that into a you know account when they make these movies that a lot of us don't know the original series we don't know the story and right they and that works to make for you a movie. and I and we hadn't right. known a lot of stuff. I just think they need to be cognizant of that, that you know they need to make a movie both for the fans and also for the outsiders, which is hard.
0: You know, I, I've i been thinking about this year in terms of movies. Like, where are we at this point in comparison to past years? And I think that this is a really great year for movies. Like, I've seen so many great movies this year, and I, I know that a bunch of other great ones are coming out. And... Mm-hmm most of them most of them are not the blockbusters this has been a really weak year for blockbusters but yeah. it's pushed me to see more of the indie pictures while they're in theaters and it's pushed me to um you know pursue other things even harder than i was pursuing them before it, in terms of just other stuff playing in the theaters and i've seen so many things this year that i already uh love and I don't remember being at this point last year and saying, like, oh, so many great things have come out, you know? Like Fantastic right. Four had come out, and I was like, this is not a good year <laughs> yeah, for <damn>. movies. <laughs> no. But I don't know. Where, where do you think we're at? I think we're having a great year for movies.
1: Honestly, I think we're pretty average. Um, yeah. But we always are at this point in the year, and then when the fall when fall comes is when all of the, the real hard hitters start coming out. Um, it
0: really was not a summer for blockbusters, though. There was nothing... No. Super noteworthy. Even Batman vs. Superman, which which I liked pretty well and you liked pretty well, it's like not noteworthy. It's not like no. this is the movie of the summer, but it really wasn't a movie of the summer.
1: Didn't that come out like in March?
0: That's true. It was like really early summer slash not summer yet.
1: But I, still, it's a blockbuster. Um, have you seen any good trailers?
0: Well, uh, one that I think might be cool is King Arthur, this new King Arthur movie.
1: I just watched that trailer. I think, I think yesterday. It, I think it's gonna. It be It looks amazing. Good.
0: Did you see? It's Guy Ritchie who did. Um, yeah, the Sherlock Holmes movies and who whose claim to fame was you know lock, to- lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch and rock and rolla and all of those like super plotty British movies. Like, I think he's gonna make this. I think he's gonna make this movie really fun. It doesn't.
1: It does. It does look like a lot of fun. Someone said it's like a mix between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. That's what it looked like, right? It, it feels like I they're agree. just
0: sort of playing with the the folklore, you know? They're like, let's just make a really yeah. fun movie, and it's like, I want to have a fairy in there, and they're like, okay, <laughs> right? It's like, I want the tree to talk, okay? You know, it doesn't matter. They're just trying to make it really fun. And Guy Ritchie, the the director who did those movies that I just named, and you know, Sherlock Holmes, he's really good with action. So I think that we're going to get the best version of King Arthur in action that we've seen in a long time. But yeah. I'm excited. Um I think we talked about Kong Skull Island last time. I can't remember, but I'm very excited for that. I don't too. think we
1: did, but I think it's it looks beautiful. It'll be good. Did you see um what's it called? The mon- a Monster Calls trailer.
0: A Monster Calls. Which one was that?
1: It's about it's about this boy. I think the mom's sick it's Felicity Jones. I think the mom's sick and the boy is bullied. Mm-hmm. And so somehow he like calls upon this like monster and you have to watch it. You're going to die like in the best way. Oh, oh I seen. remember it. I, I don't remember oh, seeing good, it, but I remember. I don't know how else to explain it.
0: I, I do remember this trailer coming out. I haven't watched it yet, but I will definitely you watch it. You should
1: watch it. I think you're going to, you're going to be like, poof, poof, yes, yes.
0: Really? I do. Yeah. Um, A coworker was watching the trailer and the last bit of the trailer is an M83 song. And I was like, I have to watch this trailer Sorry. eventually because it's M83 playing in the trailer, and you don't <laughs> just play M83 music without meaning it. No, not at all. No, sirree, you do not. But yeah, I mean, what what have past years been like for trailers after Comic-Con? Because I feel like this year was just... I feel like... This was a lot. This was so many trailers.
1: Oh, I thought other years have been better. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I think because I, you could find the leak trailers online. I think if we saw all the trailers, like Guardians, that's um, right. You know, there were other ones that you know weren't going to be up, but um, that Spider-Man footage. Wow, I feel like last right. year the, a lot of stuff leaked until so you got to see it, and this They're year we keep, haven't. And they so they really it,
0: want to keep Comic Con special, though, you know.
1: And I get that, but at the same time, not all of us can go to Comic Con, and we also want to see footage. So.
0: But I mean, if you think you about know. it, eventually all of us will see footage, and they're paying really good money. But we're greedy. Maybe you are.
1: They are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am, uh, sir. We, I am. They do pay a lot of money, but I just I think we deserve something. How? Hey, Guardians, too.
0: How Anyways. like? I don't know. It's it's funny to me. I don't know what you think about it, but I think it's hilarious that Divergent has done so poorly with its last movie that the n- the next movie is a TV movie. Like I think that they're trying to optimistically promote it, but it feels like such a slap in the face. Like there's no way to optimistically <sighs> promote like and the last one's going to be a TV movie.
1: Right. Well, and like what what station is it going to be on? Like what channel? Are they yeah. thinking like an HBO or are they thinking more wow. like NBC? Probably like ABC like, or like, honestly, like I almost respect it in the sense that like the movies didn't do well and that they're not just going to put it out. Cause I feel like yeah. m- we haven't seen this before. They, people just put it out whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of respect that they're kind of, I don't know if it saves them money by them doing this. Um, but yeah. they also said that they want to do a spinoff series somehow. That's right. So They're probably yeah. trying to do that. I don't know I if that's in their plan
0: for marketing, but... I guarantee it is you kinda... none of the original cast is staying for that spinoff series. Oh, no. There's no way they even want to do this TV movie. Like, I can't even imagine Shailene Woodley at this point being like, I had no idea I would be making a TV movie at the end of this contract. Like, this is well, not Well, they, they've what made
1: it already, though, haven't they? I thought they I filmed all this know. already.
0: I didn't know that. Maybe they did. You got to fact check oh. that, son.
1: A fact check. God, um, and I mean, no rectangle. one's gonna want to promote this. Who's gonna want to go on Jimmy Fallon and be like, "So we have like this TV movie coming?" Well, nobody
0: out? promotes TV movies, like, right? Because it just sounds like a. I mean, it's really not a joke, but it sounds like a joke. On I mean, IMDb,
1: like, it, hang on. <laughs> on IMDb, it already says um, Divergent series, Ascendant, and then in parentheses, TV movie. <laughs>
0: exactly. No, like. It's so demeaning on amazing. IMDb because all TV movies are listed TV movie. It's like, oh, you're not a real movie. This movie was it's released in on TV, guys. So. You're yeah. right. It's in... Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. That's but, so I mean, funny. I feel so I bad for them. I don't know what you've been thinking the whole time that these movies have been coming out. But after the response of the second one, I was like, how does how does this series expect to make it to the end? Like, there's... There's no money if there's no crowds, and the first one did. But they tight, made enough. But I feel like. exactly that, and that's what the Slash Show article about it said. It was like first one did pretty good, second one they made enough, third one they were like we can't do this again. Like nobody is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, there's like one guy in that boardroom is like, guys, we can't do this again. Yeah. Exactly. Like,
0: eh. Exactly. Ooh, that reminded me. Of the funniest story, the funniest story to go back to, Star Trek Beyond, just real quick. Um, as we talked about two or three episodes ago, um, Sulu—they made him gay for this new movie, right? Yes, I,
1: I forgot. I did want to bring this up
0: too. Um, so yeah. they have the part, and they already. This isn't a spoiler because they already talked about it in articles. They said that you would mm-hmm. just see him with his his family, so you would see him with his partner. You would see his daughter. But they that scene comes up. <laughs> that scene comes up. And, um, you know, Sulu, like, runs over to his husband. And his daughter's like, yippee. And this this one dude in our, our packed theater is clapping. And he's going, woo! <laughs> woo! It was so funny. It, I was laughing really hard. It was so awkward that it was funny. Where the whole oh. theater was quiet. And he was just... <laughs> that is uh, it was so funny.
1: Oh. Uh, uh. I thought I thought they blew that whole thing way out of proportion. Now having seen it like it's they don't bring attention to it at all. Really.
0: It still felt out of place to me. I was just like this I
1: don't think so. Well, and if you think I don't we I don't want to talk about Star Trek anymore. We talked about it for like <laughs> I don't way too long. I was about to go on like another like five minute thing. But if you wanna if just you wanna add on.
0: like one last thought in there, we can say it and then we'll move on without me saying anything to you.
1: Okay, real quick. Okay, go so ahead. in Star Trek there's this uh, world that is being attacked by, you know, the evil villain and whatever. There was really no other reason to care about the fate of that world other mm. than the fact that he had family there otherwise i couldn't think of why cuz i don't know anyone else there i don't care if they die <laughs> essentially and it, it was it's weak it's a weak thing but it was the only thing i could think of like at least it's it's something i'm like oh i don't want his family to die you but, have a eh. good
0: point because i was going to say like that's a really weak point but you already said it was it weak is a, it it's is it's a weak yeah. point it's one of the weak to... points of the movie but
1: <laughs> yep but let's move on cuz everyone's yeah. probably like
0: Ugh. <laughs> shut up about that movie. <laughs> okay. Well, we we closed up Divergent, too, so let's move on. Um yeah, TV movie. TV movie. <laughs> parentheses.
1: <laughs> Lil. Lil.
0: Do you want to talk about this whole iPhones concerts thing? Yeah, dude. Uh, Yeah. Yep, okay. I. So this is one of our backlog topics that we've been meaning to talk about, and we've just had so many interesting things to talk about. Um... And outside of this topic. But I've been bringing it up because I do want to talk about it a lot. And John is like laughing at me. So I'm just going to continue. So this article, I'm going to read what this article talks about. Um, Here we go. Apple has patented, patented, help me out. Patented. 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 A new technology that blocks the iPhone's camera feature, which would reportedly allow venues like concert venues to use an infrared beam to disable a mobile phone's camera preventing its users from taking videos and photos according to the telegraph apple's patent says that the phone would display a recording disabled message when users take photographs or videos apple has not officially announced this feature so it's unclear if and when it will roll out so basically Apple, obviously Apple has created a technology that can stop that feature from working. Apple has full control of its technology. And if you think that you are in full control of your iPhone, you is crazy because they can do things to your iPhone that we don't even know about. So this isn't of that big of a surprise, but it is like a, it is one of those things where some, as someone, me, who is very moany and groany when I see everybody, snapchatting and taking videos and taking photos all around me of concerts i'm it makes me feel a little like maybe you should uh you know maybe it should be uh is used, it just for iphones right now
1: right oh, now it is well, but i, like I don't if know it's just for iphones i don't think they'd do it if it was just for iphones because that would people would be like um no and then they wouldn't buy iphones
0: right so maybe it's one of those things where apple is sort of just holding back to see what everybody else does like maybe android makes the same technology i honestly
1: think it should be illegal it sounds like something that would be illegal to me because you're honestly you're taking away someone's right to take a picture which i think is pretty harmless and i honestly if I know like it it upsets me too a bit but I think uh-huh. that's more on us than it is other people cuz if it really shouldn't bother us what other people are doing um you know we have we have every right to just watch it without a camera and if other people would rather watch a concert through a camera instead of watching it live that's kind of their own prerogative I guess
0: right and that's why it makes it an interesting topic for us to talk about because as much as I would just love to see people take out their iPhones and be like Right. I can't take my photos, as much as I would love.
1: C- can to you just... imagine, like, if they didn't tell anyone that they were gonna do it, and all of a sudden, they just shut it all off, and all <laughs> these people with their Snapchat are like, "What's happening?"
0: <laughs> they would self combust.
1: I think they would. They would just they turn would into dust riot.
0: and float away. I w- and people I would love to know see what that. To do.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't even I- know if I would know what to do. You it don't would... use your phone that much at concerts. No, but I feel like it's still like. A reflex, almost, you know, to, like, take a picture or...
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I guess I would know what to do for the majority of the time. But I would feel antsy. You know, that's a problem with our phones now is we always feel antsy if we don't, you know, constantly doing something.
0: When I went to see At Midnight, you couldn't bring your phone into the studio, right? So, like, I left it in the car, and I felt so antsy. It's not like... It's not like I needed to check my phone constantly. I mean, I do check my phone constantly. But it was like you can feel that space in your pocket. And I was just like, uh, I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong right now. Like, what if an emergency happens? What if, you know, uh-huh. anything happens? feel and... so naughty. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So as much as I would like to see people self-combust because they couldn't use their phones and they freaked out, you can't do it like it I yeah just, i don't think can't they should be able to do, do, do that and no, the article but, goes on to talk about like well if they do start doing this we could bring it to theaters and i'm like yeah you know as much as i would like to do that too you can't you can't bring it to a theater like you can't just say that you can't use a phone now
1: it's well yeah and it's kind of just silly like what's the like who cares
0: I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I do care. Like, it's distracting like when people have, like, a bright screen or their ringers are on or they just. Decided- you know what they
1: could do? And hmm. what I think would actually be better is concerts could not allow cell phones in the concert. They could just say, you know, you can't bring your phones in, like they did with At Midnight. And honestly, I think that's more ethical yeah. than having people bring their phones in and then disabling stuff.
0: It is more ethical, but I think you might still have the self combustion problem where people would be like, "What? I can't have my cell phone? What are you talking about?" But I think if the if that if the whole point is that people
1: aren't on their phones, that's what I would say is the best way to go about it.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it is, and the best way to Those go about shoulder it with would... shrugs. <laughs> Did I shrug?
1: No, I'm saying that's that's what
0: you know. Oh, you're doing the shrug, like yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I I think the best way to go about it with movie theaters is what high end movie theaters are already doing. It's like if we see you using your phone, we're gonna ask you to leave because you know you can't use your phone. That's the best way that you can take care of that problem.
1: (laughs) There's like there's
0: nobody listening. There's like one person listening who's like I know what he's talking about. And that person's me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: <just> <laughs> yeah, exactly our movie theater where we went to college um people would come up to, if you were texting a worker would come up to you and be like um can you put your phone away that never happened i've never had it happened to me once or maybe it definitely happened in my vicinity a few times but um i've never had that happen anywhere else that i've ever seen a movie except for right. in huntington this yeah, very there- small town in indiana
0: that's so funny that they do it because m- much more high-end theaters are very like you use your phone we're going to throw you out throw you out you know like uh one of the biggest pretentious movie theaters in America and I use pretentious in a good way because it's a really fun movie theater to go to is um Alamo Draft House really fun theater you know there's only like six I
1: love Alamo Draft House Do you really? Oh no I thought you said was it? Is it actually called Elmo? Alamo. Yes, yeah, I was trying to make a joke and that oh. failed miserably.
0: <laughs> well, Good one, John.
1: Thanks, John.
0: <laughs> it still <laughs> sounded like Alamo over here. It's okay. Keep, keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: But they—they thought pride people pride them. would laugh.
0: <laughs> Maybe they will. They pride Doubtful. themselves so much on their. On their phone policy, that a lot of their don't use your phone commercials, they use recordings of people bitching and moaning about, like, "Um, I got kicked out of your movie theater because I used my cell phone and I had important people to talk to, and you can't just kill people out of movie theaters, you know, like, and they have like this whole exchange play out, and then, you know, just the title pops up afterwards and it says, we don't want you to use your cell phones, you know, period. Like that's
1: what a first world problem. I was just thinking of that and more so on the people that were kind of bitching about it. Like it's such a first world problem. And it really, I'm just thinking of like people in other countries listening to that and they're being like, that's what you're honestly, yeah, that's what you're upset about?" about. Like all you have to do is get up out of your seat and go outside. If you want to use your phone.
0: The, the really frustrating part about the whole thing is If people were more considerate, you would have to make so many less rules in the world, you know? It's like, we shouldn't even have a rule about this. You should just be sitting in the theater thinking everybody (laughs) else around you. You should be respectful. Yeah, I just hate that. I hate that there has to be more rules because generally a lot of people are not, you know, respectful. But the
1: thing is, I feel like we've found that more rules does not equal more people like following the rules it just makes for more people breaking the rules Um, that's true and i feel like if it's almost like that that rebel thing like a thing inside you is like there's always that thing like if if you can't do it you want to do it and so it's like if you keep having all these rules people are just going to do it to be a rebel and to you know go against the man
0: yeah i mean you could totally apply that against uh the drinking age for example like I'm exactly. I'm a big advocate for lowering the drinking age because same by, by keeping it so high, it really just it builds that angstiness and that's such a terrible age to be so close to it and not be able to achieve it because you're just you're just looking to rebel against anything that is institutional right. and accepted by general society and then you create these like serious problems on on college campuses before people are um of age uh or while they're in high school and you know you you get alcohol poisoning problems uh binge drinking problems and then just on like uh on a personal level from like a person-to-person basis people develop like these really unhealthy relationships to alcohol and it takes them a long time to break those and it's just unhelpful but that's one of those things where it's like people can't be considerate of even themselves. And then they're like, well, we need to make another rule, which goes to right goes to exactly with what you're saying, where you're like, well, I mean, you made a rule and then everybody broke it. Like, everybody broke it.
1: Yeah. We live in a silly world, Mathis. That is true. <laughs> that is true.
0: That is the trusa.
1: Is that Jar Jar?
0: A little true, bit. Sir. It was... It was a mix of Jar Jar, end. and you know how Tom Hanks talks as that one character in uh, Cloud Alice? Nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> I'm not a racist bitch. Not like you. Um, I thought that's
1: what you were doing. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that was your interpretation. Oh, uh, you're right.
0: That's me. But you know who I'm talking about, right? You know, like. Yes. It's in that, that post-apocalyptic setting, and Cloud Atlas it's like, tell us the true, true. And he's like, who are you? You do the, you do the I'm the D- captain now. Right, it's a little goofy, guys. If you haven't seen it, but it's a good movie. A widow, goofy.
1: <laughs> Anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's all I have to say about the the iPhones and concerts thing.
1: I think so too.
0: Unfortunately, like my final stance is, you can't do that to an iPhone and. And I, more than anybody, want you to do it. But you can't do it. You right. just can't do it. You can't. You can't. You can't do you it. You can't. You can't do it. It's like a partially Bill Clinton voice. You can't. A bit. You can't do it. Anyways. Where do we go from here? Can't believe you didn't laugh at that. Thanks for sorry backing me up. Not. Not. Well, we have no emails this week, so we can just jump right into our spiritual stuff.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to start?
0: Um, More than anything.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I've talked about Peter Rollins before on the show. We've brought him up briefly. Maybe not. But um, he's someone that I've really found that I liked. I heard him first on uh, Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird, which is at... I, th- I think I did talk about it because I said it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever listened to. And I've listened to it multiple times because every time I listen to it, I just like I'm like writing things down. It just like really changed my whole spiritual life. Um, so Peter Rollins was on Rob Bell's podcast this past week and I haven't even finished it yet. But like it's from start to f- where I got it's, you know, thing after thing where I'm just like. It's just amazing. So um, one thing he talked about at the beginning um, was he was saying that, um, and he's more of a philosopher. He is a philosopher. Um, So he always has these different um, theological people, and I don't know their names, so I apologize. Um, Actually, no, I don't remember. Um, But he said (laughs) that. (laughs) I thought I remembered what his name was. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I got it. I got it. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hand. Nah, guys, I guess I ain't got it. I ain't got it. You're
0: like the weak link Hand. on the baseball team.
1: Always. Anyways, um, he said that God is mostly, mostly a projection of ourselves. Um, and that what we do essentially is that we project our own self of sense, our own sense of self dyslexic, Whoa. Um, our own sense of self on something bigger than ourselves and that that god should not be a god that legitimizes us and our beliefs but that breaks open our understanding and the simple nature mm. of how we view the world um and that like it just it really spoke to me i don't like using that language but that's just it's a place that i'm at
0: right now where, <laughs> where um oh my god what? <laughs> you don't like using the language it spoke to me? No, because that doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't say anything. It does make sense. It's like I guess it's right. like saying it resonates.
1: Yeah, see, that's the word I should have used. It's different. <laughs> no, it's not. Um. Uh,
0: anyways, um, you can continue.
1: <laughs> thank you. But you know, I definitely think that God is like the one thing. The one big problem I have with the church is that. They've put a name and a definition to this unknowable God who, you know, we, we preach about, um, and that's always kind of been my main concern with the church. And I just, I like this because when we say that God is mostly a projection of ourselves, it makes sense to me because, you know, we all have an individual view of God and that makes sense because we essentially put our own self into, um, who we view God is. Um, And I don't know, Mathis, how do you feel about that?
0: I like it because I think about the way that I, I think of God as being like me. And first off, I think that that's, I think that's a pretty healthy thing to do because as much as God is not like humans, he, he is, he is just as much like us. You know what I mean? At least in my view, mm-hmm. it's like as much as as much as uh God is is the ultimate creator and is in everything and is like and is the spirit throughout the world he he still it's it's really important for my own world view to see him as being excited about the things that I get excited about and to be. To be as endless as a person is endless, and in, in a, being able to understand them, that, which reminds me of, um, you know, people who've been married for years and years and years. You know, people who've been married for like fifty years will say, like, I still don't even fully know my spouse. Like, it's it's really hard to fully know somebody, and I think that I think that 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 is a like a mirroring element of how I think about God, but. Um something that i heard um earlier this week that i think really connects to it from from my own personal self is that it's 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 hard to see god in the rest of the world like you can't you can't see the actual god you can't see him and we we as people are are carrying God inside of us and we can we can activate you know that spirit and we we have our own spirit and we have God's spirit in us and we can activate that spirit and we can show people what God is like and by by really tapping into that and and acting in that way i think that you know, like I said, we're showing God to people, and that sort of ties into the 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 mirroring effect where as as I am gracious to people, as I am kind to people, as I am welcoming to people, and I'm just i am the light as much as I can be that is that is God you know what I mean mm-hmm, but I don't know, I feel like i'm rambling you should you should take no over.
1: um and I think i think what's hard about at least the modern church is that there are people who really strive to you know show god to others through their actions and i think the hard part is that now people are doing things and in the name of god that are so against like what god is and what god is for that it's kind of it's skewed now for people um you know, especially with like the, this is the extreme, but the Westboro Baptist Church, like um, those people, you know, they go and protest military deaths. They go and protest against, you know, all these different speakers, concerts, and like people, you know, people are supposed to see God through them. And now people who don't know God think that that is what God is like. And it's unfortunate, and I really don't—there's really no answer to it. It's just—it's an unfortunate thing that there's people who genuinely want to, you know, show God to people through their actions, and then there's other people who are kind of taking advantage of that. And I don't know. It's just—it's it's tough.
0: To a gr- To a degree, it'll always happen, you know? Whenever you, like—whenever you deal with something that is so close to what people are and is so close to their hearts and to their minds— you get people who are a little a little crazy you know you get the westboro baptist people you get you you know you get radical islamic individuals who are rid- mm-hmm. literally like wreaking havoc throughout europe right now like there's bombings everywhere and it's yeah. it's because it's these issues that are it's things that get so close to people's hearts that they literally change the people that they are they they m- make things that seem uh, the m- things that seem unfathomable for people who are, you know, rational, who are just living day-to-day life, things that seem unfathomable are done because it is things that, that are called into your heart because of what you're believing, and it's just something that's really hard to get away from because of the type of matter that it is, you know.
1: And I think it goes back to saying, you know, that, God is a projection of how we view ourselves. And it goes back to like people like Westboro, those people and the people like the uh, um, Islamic ex- extremists, like, you know, that just deep down they're hurting so badly ex- yeah. and that that is why yeah. they're, you know, their actions are, you know, doing bad things to other that people because they themselves feel so terrible on the inside.
0: That hurt makes them hateful and their hateful makes them see their god hateful and a hateful god makes exactly. them exactly makes them feel like they can be more hateful and
1: well and it justifies their actions and their exactly minds, they're like we well
0: god hates you so why can't i <laughs> right. protest who you are and what you do
1: and it's just so sad
0: always yeah that's it's it's a terrible circumstance it's a terrible um it's an artifact to you know things like this, these spiritual topics that we we bring up. I guess my own personal experience with the way that I see God is I think it's the it's the best person that I possibly could be is is a lot like what God is like, because it is somebody who is who is always there and who is who is loving and who is who is fully understanding that is what you're talking about that's what i project onto god because of because that's, that's what, what i think is want, the ultimate that's what... that's the ultimate god right there someone who's always right. been there someone who loves without any sort of that any sort of um, reason to love like it doesn't matter because god's love does not come with a meaning and god's joy does not come with like any sort of prerequisite from me or from anybody. And that's that's the ultimate. And I totally see what you're saying. Even the more that we talk about it, I understand what you're saying because yeah. Those are all things that I project because it is the ultimate. It's the ultimate being as far as I know as a being, you know what that you know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. yeah one thing that I like that Peter Rawlings talked about is he was saying that how it's almost comparable to like how in LA he actually used LA even though you're there you can tell the type of person someone is by the way by the type of dog that they have and he was saying that like um, you buy a dog based on what you want people to believe about yourself so like there's people that like have you know, smaller mm. dogs are really macho dogs, because um, and he's saying that you know psych- psychologically there's something to that, and he kind of almost then compared that to God, where it's oh, like the type I like of that. see, we got there eventually, um, you I know like that, that, yeah, that you know the type of God that you believe in shows what type of person you want people to believe about
0: yourself. Yes, absolutely, okay. because I see. The God that I see now is a God that I can root for. It's a God that I am like, that's what everybody needs. So that makes perfect sense to me. I like that a lot.
1: Fist pump.
0: (laughs) No, that's so interesting. You know, coming back to how different, how different uh, if you were to walk around LA and you see all the different dogs that people have, there's a lot of different ways that people think about God.
1: Well, it's it's infinite.
0: It's infinite, yeah. Th- this topic is something that kind of... It makes me uncomfortable, honestly. Because I don't want God to be... I don't want God to just be my thoughts, you know? I think that's why it's why? so... In, well, I, I just don't want it all to be in my head, in a sense. And I know that it's not all in my head. Like, God is very real to me. But... but the you know having this conversation it feels very too much individualistic like this is this is something that not everybody can see because it is infinite like we were saying and that kind of yeah. freaks me out because i want i want there to be a god of all but you know even to counter myself it's like it doesn't mean that there's not a god of all it's just the way that i'm in- interpreting it you know it's the way that i see it right and And other people are seeing different sides and different things about that God. Like, for example, Pete Rollins sees things about God that we can listen to and we can take away from, which is why I think it's so important to have conversations about God with people and to, like, have fellowships and groups and discussions about God with people because, for me, I can't keep it all in my head, you know? Like, it's it has to be developed by other people and how they experience their own lives and how they experience their spirituality.
1: Can I give you the best imagery that I've ever heard about well, understanding the individual and God?
0: I suppose so. Okay. Of course I, you can.
1: <laughs> I've never, I've never like said this out loud. I've only heard it once. So hopefully I get it through. We all know I struggle with words. <laughs> um, so there's four people, four blind people And an elephant. Um, One person, they're all touching the elephant. One person is touching the trunk. One is touching the, you know, a leg. One's touching the body. And one's, I don't know, touching the tusk or whatever. They're all blind. So they only know about the elephant, what they can feel and touch. And they each have an individual experience of what that elephant is. Um, and obviously the elephant in this imagery is God and we um, are all you know touching a different part of God and we're all gonna see and feel him differently Mm -hmm. um, and therefore have a different experience and that to me is the greatest it's the easiest way to understand at least how I view God and in regards to like individualism and God
0: I think a beautiful thing about discovering God as a person is that you can never find all the answers. And but I also think that a beautiful thing about discovering God is that you can discover things that you never would have thought of because of the people that you talk to and because of the people that you experience in your own life. So your your analogy really does connect to what I was saying where I think it's it's so important that as the blind man touching the tusk i'm talking to the other guy touching you know the leg and, and i'm like
1: you're telling each other more about the elephant that's exactly. very interesting i've never thought about that
0: i can't keep it all in my head you know it has to and be and that
1: that to me also then like includes you know different religions as well and i think that that we need to be open to the idea that you know people touching a different part of the elephant may include different beliefs. Be and tapping religions. into
0: something else about God. Yeah. Which we've talked yeah. about. We've talked about the, the, the Buddhist principle surrounding, um, time, you know, the way that they deal with time, the way that they think about time. Yeah. The way they think about their and efforts, there's so much the way you they think about their life that. and their death. And yeah. It's amazing. And it doesn't mean that I agree with all of Buddhism, but it means that, no. you know, that like those elements Speaking individually, those are elements where I go, wow, that that definitely says something about life. The way that they think about death says something about life and says something about God.
1: I wish I had a gong. I would just go, <laughs> I don't know why. Speaking <laughs> and then, of Buddhism. And then we just en- <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good place to end.
0: Yeah, totally. I do too. Honestly, I think I learn more about God with my discussions with others or with thoughts from others than I ever could on my own and i think that that's an important part of learning about it you know all right well
1: go find god everybody i mean if that's what you're into if you're not go find something
0: that's what john says i say find god see we can't say that find god (laughs) (laughs) right right john right right we can't say that find god everybody find god
1: you can find your own definition of god
0: all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for for tuning in this week. Another great week. Another day down. Another another phase dollar of life. Bill. Another yep. dollar bill. Exactly. We're just gonna keep trucking along, and everyone, you do. guys can keep trucking along with us. And yeah, yeah. To keep trucking along, you can email us <laughs> at do at gmail.com. That is H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. And you can get on that, that Twitter and follow us and, and see funny things. Like, we just put up a trailer reaction right after our last episode, which was a lot of fun.
1: People are going crazy for it. Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um... And you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is hello and to do. Um, rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. It'll help other people find the podcast. I hope everybody had a magnificent time. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. We'll see you there, kiddos.
0: <laughs> Bye, John.
1: <laughs> Bye.